Hi, everyone. It's time for Ghostly X. Woo, yeah. Woohoo. We, we had a good back. one, too. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. All right, everybody. In this Patreon exclusive episode, we have our listener comments from the Curse of the Ninth episode, some very spooky news stories, and an awesome Ghostly X interview with Ghostly's favorite paranormal and historical tour guide, Tony Sabelski. And we might use this as a preview to try to entice more people into Ghostly X. So if we are going to do that, then I'm your host, Pat, and that was Rebecca. Yes, and welcome to Ghostly X. We're so excited you're listening, and we hope you like it enough and want to join Patreon. Absolutely. So (laughs) what we typically do here is we read the comments from the previous episode, and then we do some ghostly news, which is articles that we found that we find to be especially ghostly. Yeah, it's interesting. And then um, we are going to do an interview with Tony, which uh, he's our favorite tour guide from Chicago. He is the, he, he just knows everything, that guy. Yes. And um, so that's what Ghostly X typically is. Yeah. So, the- and you could find us just by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on Patreon in the menu bar. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do some comments here. Um, sorry, I just realized I'm like, wait, does this one have a comment? The comment, everybody, for our first one, it's Jason. And he said no. And he said no. Yeah. But his comment was hashtag team believer. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave it one. <laughs> he gave it one heart. Yeah. Uh, no, I because I was like, oh, sh- you know, shoot, did I grab the wrong list? And, and this is not one with, with a comment. <laughs> uh, no, no, it has a comment. It just says uh, hashtag team believer, which, uh, all right, awesome. Mm-hmm. But you didn't give me your vote. So. And we know that Jason's not a hashtag team <laughs> believer. So it's, it's funny. Um, the next one is from Dara. And it is a no with one as well. And we're going to say hearts. You're going to hear us say that a lot. It's because when you go on to ghostlypodcast.com slash polls and you vote, you're given the option to be able to vote on how haunted you think something is. And it's a scale between one through 10, ten. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, but they come across to us as hearts, just yeah, so you know. Which I like. Okay. So Dara said no with one heart. Um, there just isn't enough evidence, and too few composers died from it. Even Rebecca sounded doubtful of the veracity of it. Continue. Oh, that's a switch. Yeah, well. Uh, that's a switch. So anyways, um, this is for The Curse of the Ninth. Yes, this is yeah. for The Curse if, of the Ninth. If we didn't already say I, we that. We did. Okay. Um, so... Uh, I don't know if I sounded that doubtful. You but... were pretty doubtful. All right. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, I, but I, I pride myself if I, you know, if I think something, you know, I don't want to be a believer just to be a believer. If I have some doubts, yes, you do. <laughs> I will say them. Um, but it's my job to represent the believers, and I, yeah. you know, I, I do think there was. You some tried your best there. with that. One. I did. All right, our next one is Timothy, uh, who said no with one heart um, and said, for curses, I usually need a culprit, like how Tom Riddle 
cursed the job for teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts at Hogwarts. Mm. This curse seems to be missing the key of who made it. So we are left with coincidence. Yeah, nobody made it. Now, for those of you that are like, what were those words? Which I don't think would be many of you, but uh, that is from Harry Potter. So Harry Potter. And Tom Riddle, spoiler, is another name for... Oh, wait, we're not allowed to say that name, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I whispered it. <laughs> All right, so the next one is from Brian, and it is another no, but this one is two hearts. Um, and he said, this is another, just like the Lees. There's just not enough. Maybe if there were 25 composers that made nine and then keeled over after their piece was out in the public for a week, or maybe if every composer from... Uh, a specific country, but three to four does not make a curse that almost fits the concept of survivability bias in in data collection. Well, I don't think we have enough numbers to be able to give any kind of data. Like, we really don't. There really are a lot of people. There are really not many composers that make it to a 10th symphony and yet, but we really don't have numbers. Yeah, and that's what I wish we had. Yeah. I I think that would make it a little bit more clear, but this isn't like final word. I mean, if there ever was that, we could re-talk about it. <laughs> it's the final word. Yeah. All right. Finally, we're getting to some yeses here. Mm-hmm. So we have Shayla who said yes and gave it seven. Yeah. Uh, and said, I think both made really good points. I think people believing in the curse makes it manifest more exactly if I mean, you but believe if so, that it's a curse it can cause stuff to happen to but you but if so it's not really the curse it's your it's the energy that you're putting into the belief so yeah. it's not the same thing i think it is I, I don't think it's the same thing at all but anyways and we have alicia um yes seven as well and rebecca touches on this point but i believe that a curse of the ninth is real for the people who believe and invest their faith in it. Your brain can convince your body it is sick and or subconscious sabotage yourself with dangerous behavior into fulfilling the curse. But again, yes. again, what I would like to say, though, is that is not supernatural, then. That is not paranormal. That is nothing of that sort. That is your body. Just like when somebody believes it's their time to go, they can go. It's it's not supernatural. It's not paranormal. It is your mind. But that's the question. Is that just how the, I, I, maybe the curse exists and <laughs> that's how it operates? All right. Well, that was that was our last one, I believe. Too, <laughs> it so. was our last comment. So, all right. So we've got some ghostly news. Uh, and uh, Pat's going to going to start us off. Yeah, so the first one is one that you gave me. Mm-hmm. Um hypnagogic and hypno hallucinations hypno hypno pompic hallucinations. Shadow people and demon bunnies. Yes, uh so Cheryl um my friend Cheryl who was actually on our just our previous ghostly X episode um sent me this article because she was like with the words demon bunnies with a question mark. Yeah, And I thought it seemed like something you would enjoy. And what it's talking about is that um, people with narcolepsy, and um, we have talked to one Mm -hmm. that didn't have this particular symptom, Mm -hmm. but one of the symptoms of it is that you might have hallucinations and might see shadow people. 
Yes. So, you know, they're saying pretty much that shadow people and the man in hat in particular, um, it, it could just be a form of narcolepsy. I think this is really weird because, so basically saying, like, are we saying that everyone that sees shadow people or I think we've mentioned the man in the hat before when we talked about the shadow people episode, it's like a, a vision people see, but are we saying that all of those people have a form of narcolepsy? Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know if that is exactly what it would be, but what is interesting too, is that they also talk about sleep paralysis um, being um, something that can be caused from some kind of hallucination of narcolepsy as well. Interesting. So, yeah, you know, it, it's it's really difficult because in this particular one, it sounds like the person was um, diagnosed um, and that they have had people from Newfoundland to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, that is pretty far apart there. Yeah. I think that's as far apart as that you can, um, having the sleep paralysis. And, um, oh, let's talk about the demon bunny, though. Uh, it says, my other recurring visual hallucination is more of a hypnagogic variety. The visual tormentor of my wake-to-dream moments is none other than an albino demon bunny with red eyes. Oh, that sounds terrifying. This agent of Satan scurries across the room as I'm drifting off, um, inciting a fear response. A small, white, fluffy bunny causes me, <laughs> a grown man, quite the fright. It's taken me a while to admit that to others, but the purpose of the blog is to share my truths, no matter how embarrassing. So I looked up hypnagogic, by the way, and it is relating to the state immediately before falling asleep. You know what? And I really thought that that was a Lady Gaga song. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like one that could be hers? If, I mean, if not Lady Gaga, just mention us in the you know notes on your album. Just give us a little shout out. <laughs> That's all. Um. And then the hip, hypnopompic are ones that happen um, as you're waking as up. You're, well, they're like while you're asleep, yeah. basically, like okay. after you're asleep. But you're uh, like half asleep kind of thing. I guess. I don't yeah. know what that's considered. But um, so he's so shadow man in the hat, uh, demon bunnies, and also old woman sitting in your chest, which is another common trope yeah. or thing. And these are happens. things that we've talked about on, on Ghostly. As well, I just didn't know that it was from that. I did think it was something to do with waking up or, you know, still being asleep, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm not, I I don't know. This feels, I'm not saying that I don't think that someone that's narcoleptic maybe is more prone to seeing some of these things just because they, they enter these states a little bit more often, but I, I don't know. It seems a bit much to say that it's, uh, um, only hmm. people that have narcolepsy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So I've got a... Uh, oh, by the way, who was it that wrote that um, blog? Oh, that was... Uh, Matthew uh, Horsnell. Okay, sorry. That's okay. Um, and it's the narcolepsysleepdisorders.net website. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. All right. So I've got a story, which is... 
from ITV News. I don't know. I get the British ghost stories. That's just tends mm-hmm. when I start. I'm searching for this stuff. This is what I get. Uh, this came out end of July this year. It says traumatized Teesside family. Or I'm sure. I'm sure British people would be like, that's not how it's pronounced. Um, family claims paranormal activity forced them to flee home so we all know what story does this sound like if you were forced to leave in the middle of the night hmm amneville yeah yeah right and there's pictures of like the house there's a picture of a woman with bruises on her leg and they show where they like put like flour or probably salt down and like there's like weird creepy footprints in it or like claw marks Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. That's more like the entity house, isn't it? Well, also that. Because it, it's, you said it's British though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's yeah. very like poltergeisty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So the family claimed they had to flee their home in the middle of the night following a series of paranormal activity. Lauren Roth rented a house on Trimden Avenue um, last November, but noticed abnormal things. So she got bruises, lights going on and off, and her son would scream in the middle of the night. So wait, I mean, who hasn't gotten bruises in the middle of the night though, and wake up with random bruises and are just like, what the heck happened? Well, I don't know if the bruises happened in the night, but the screaming did. Okay. Um, and then, so they lived there for like seven months enduring well, all of this. But I, I just want to stop you one more second. I woke up in the middle of the night the other day and I said something about, I love beef. <laughs> like a beef sandwich. <laughs> like anybody that's not from Chicago might not understand an Italian beef sandwich. I guess I really love them when I sleep. Well, uh, did you I watch- I like them during the day. That show? About the bear? The, the beefs. The yeah, bear, yeah. The bear, yeah. Uh, yes, I did, but that was not around that time that I did that. <laughs> I watched it a while ago, and this was just the other night. I woke up yelling, I love beef. Well, maybe you were haunted mm-hmm. by a, a beef sandwich. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So they, they, they endured this for like seven months, and then finally it was too much. Okay. Mm. So she says that, you know, weird stuff started happening about a month after they moved in. Um, she's like, it got to a point where her son was talking to somebody. Uh, they used to sleep all night with no problems at all. My son would wake up and he would stand at the top of the stairs staring. Super creepy. Uh, she also said her son told her there was someone in her bedroom and her daughter claims that she saw a cat and woke up with scratch marks. Ooh. Things were moved around the house, thrown down the stairs. We'd see something during the night. And there was a time she felt like she was choked. So, I mean, it's like a 60-year-old house, but basically end of June this year, it was like final straw. Wow. Right? Okay. So the family was relaxing in the garden at 8 p.m. Ms. Roth put Caleb to bed where he said he was, uh, uh, where he was said to be screaming, get off of me, leave me alone. So uh, she told her brother who was visiting at that time that her son had had a nightmare to prevent scaring, I think the brother. Uh, she said, as soon as I said that, the bathroom light just turned off. That night at 2 a.m., we left home and went to my mam's in a taxi. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? I I think I know what this is, though. What's that? I think that this is somebody that has that form of narcolepsy that that other person <laughs> had. And that's what's happening. I mean, come on, Rebecca. 
Listen, all I know is they didn't go back in the house. They literally lived in like a like a like a home like a mobile home. Um, I mean, Cartman <laughs> lived in a hot dog. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, for those that watch South Park, they might know, <laughs> get that reference. But um, anyways, they, they you know, they had to move, they said, and um, it, it sounded pretty spooky to me. Wow. Okay. Well, that was a, that was a good article, though. It I was a good ghost story. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Um, mine is even better. I'm sorry, Rebecca. Oh, fine. Mine's from the Smithsonian Magazine, Ooh. which, I mean, you know that that is first rate. I love the Smithsonian. Yeah. Um, This one is Charles Dickens was a fascinated skeptic of the supernatural. So it's an article talking about how much that he was interested in ghosts or other paranormal things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And um, so I found that really interesting because that's me. You know, Ah. I'm a skeptic that likes that too. Um. It does say when it concludes, though, (laughs) is that he loved the idea of people being scared of ghost stories. And this is Dunbar tells The Guardian. uh, Dickens, she adds, was a businessman. He knew exactly what he was doing. He liked to be close to his audience. He was in touch with popular culture of the time and played into it. Um, But he did enjoy reading the ghost stories. And come on, I mean, we could probably tell from Dickens' writing. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, one of the most famous ghost stories of all time. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I just think that it's interesting that he was a skeptic. um, And um, so was. um, Yeah, well, that was the one we talk about. Was it Dickens House or whatever or the the devil house or something like that we did recently? Oh, I'm sorry. Was it Dickens in there? No, that was somebody else. That was another author. Oh, Twain. Twain was a skeptic as well. Yes, Twain was a skeptic. Well, it's interesting. I see in here it says that he attended multiple seances but was unconvinced. Yeah, so have I. But he was also considered himself to be a skilled practitioner of mesmerism, which reported to cure patients by putting them in trances and manipulating magnetic fluid in their bodies. Well... I believe in some crazy things too, <laughs> but I just don't believe in the ghost. That's all. Yeah. But I still love, I love me some ghost stories. I mean, I like the dark. I like the, I like the scariness of the ghost stories. Yeah. Well, it's cool. There's going to be an exhibit opening in London. Yes. To be read at dusk. Dickens, Ghosts, and the Supernatural. I wish I can go to that. I just wonder if they have um, like a statue of Scrooge McDuck. Because that would be cool. <laughs> because Scrooge McDuck is modeled after him. After Scrooge. Yeah, after Scrooge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Mickey's Christmas Carol was like my favorite. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. Um, I've got a quick one as my second one here. Um, it's from um, the Guardian, and it says, <laughs> "Terrifying ghost or New York." What NASA's black Wait, hole... New Bjork? <laughs> like the artist? Like the artist. So it's either going to be a ghost or it's going to be Bjork. Well... A new Bjork. There's other options as okay, well. Okay. Uh, what NASA's black hole recording sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's too much right Yeah. There. So they So they... Obviously, we know right there out there exploring NASA is all these... Are, are they looking for ghosts in outer space? No. 
Okay. Um, but they're but they're not not looking for ghosts. I mean, they don't know what they're gonna find, right? <laughs> so uh, they um, basically recorded um, from the Perseus cluster um, audio, and there's a black hole in there, and it says um, that uh, it's edited so that we can hear it. Um, it says there's it's a the misconception is that there is no sound in space. Um, it says that because like space is a vacuum, so there's no way for sound waves to travel, but that doesn't mean that there is no sound. It just doesn't travel to us. However, this particular galaxy cluster has so much gas <laughs> that we've picked up an actual sound. It's not gas like you're thinking. <laughs> but, uh, it's really creepy. Um, again, you, in the show notes here, you'll find the link to the article. Um, and I, I encourage you to listen to it. Um, I love it. It's like it says that it sounds like every black hole in every science fiction film ever. It's like a super creepy, like growly noise. It absolutely, I think, could be creatures. Could all right. Be well, all I have a plan. I have a plan. Now, hear me out entirely, okay? Okay. I think NASA should start exploring the paranormal in space. And I think in order to do this, they need to send Bob up there. Oh, Bob in space. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, after dark, right? I mean, right. in the dark, maybe. Right. Um, you know, so Bob is a paranormal investigator, right? Yeah. And he has also been known to fly because he's Mothman. Oh. So, so you see where the connection is I here? Do it is see. all. It is all intertwined. And I think Bob <laughs> should go up into space and I think he should do a TV show up there. There you go. That's it. That's Bob it. in space. Bob in space. Yeah, not lost in space. Bob in space. Bob in space. Maybe Bob is lost in space. I don't know. <laughs> Bob, I want you to go to space. I'm sorry. All right. We're calling him out. Yeah. Um, so just to bring it back to Bjork. So it does say, like some people say that it sounds like hundreds of tortured souls. Being... Oh, yeah. That, that's Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> but then others, this is all on Twitter, says new Bjork sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so anyways, definitely take take a listen because it's super creepy. <laughs> wow. I, you know, I actually kind of like Bjork sometimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely some uh, innovative music for but sure. But I, I, I do find it funny because of that aspect. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. All right. So we are ready for our interview. This episode, we have one of our favorite, favorite people, Tony Sabelski. He's a historian, a tour guide, and a paranormal investigator. And I'm going to add one thing onto that yeah. list. And an all-around nice guy. All-around nice guy there's never been a time that tony hasn't done unbelievable things to try to help us and or to help everyone yeah i mean i we say this in the interview but you know we've talked before about the chicago paranormal community sometimes eh, this person maybe doesn't get along with this person or that person and we try our best to kind of remain neutral because yeah. we like everybody but tony really remains neutral i mean everyone loves tony Everybody, everybody in Chicago Paranormal loves Tony. Never heard a bad never, word. No, never. Seriously. Of all of the people. Yeah. I mean, even me, they would say bad things about me, I'm sure. <laughs> even you. Even me. <laughs> Although they do kind of like me. because I, I think they like Because me. of the skepticism, they want to convert me. They do. Yeah, you're, you're, the, you're the whale. I'm you're the, the guinea pig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoy this interview with Tony Sabelski. 
All right. So we are here with Tony Zabelski. Did I get that right? You got that right. Oh, yes. After all, <laughs> after all this time, I'm finally, right. I finally got it. Uh, so <laughs> Tony uh, has been on a couple of ghostly episodes. He was on our Eastland disaster episode or as uh what does bob like to call it the easter island massacre yes wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh and also um our bluff city cemetery which was a live episode we did at yeah. elgin fringe mm-hmm. last year um and actually you were on one of our uh live talking paranormal paranormalies yeah. too right. so yeah, so uh yeah, so we're so happy to have you here so we can talk just a little bit more about you and what you do. Well, not mm-hmm. only was he on those, but he's inspired a lot of other episodes as well. So, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Good to know that I'm inspirational to someone. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely are. Well, Pat, do you yeah. want to talk about how we met Tony? A yeah, bit? yeah, so we we met you, uh, it's going on four years now, I yeah, believe. Probably, yeah. And we went on one of your tours, and you yes. were just amazing. Um, so oh, you, thank you. You do haunted tours, mm-hmm. um, and you are you are the best. You're the best in oh. the business. We, well, thanks. We went on one and got the best. Yeah. So I can't believe how lucky we got. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and, and I was glad you did because I got to meet you guys too. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, we've uh corresponded since then and we've, you know, right. ran into each other at some events and Yeah. Um I always trust your opinion on things. You're always honest with me about stuff where some people, you know, might not be so honest. <laughs> yeah, I try to be I try to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, we talk uh, we've talked before with some of our guests about the Chicago paranormal scene and, you mm-hmm. know, we all kind of, you know, know each other and there's always, yeah. you know, feuds between people or oh, like definitely. whatever weird things. Definitely. But I will say I have never heard anyone say anything bad. No. About you, Tony. Oh, well, that's nice. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. I'm not saying maybe there are people out there. I don't know, but I haven't well, there, met them. There's a few nemesis out there. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, maybe. <laughs> well, actually, Jack was on a Ghostly X in interview, and he said that as far as paranormal goes, you definitely can outdo him in that. But he said, as far as cryptids go, he's got he's got you beat. He's got that right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's he's the cryptid king. The cryptid king. Nice. <laughs> We've got a new name. Yeah. I just call him the man that knows everything. So yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So okay, Tony, do you agree to a no holds barred interview? I do. All right. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do when somebody says no to that. <laughs> it's like okay, well then we can't do this then. Yeah, I guess not. Shut everything off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Close the doors. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, Tony, how did you get into the paranormal? Well, my interest was first sparked as a a young teenager. I was about 14 years old. It's actually when my father died. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's been a long time now. Uh, He, I was at his wake. He was laid out in his casket. I was up there with him. And I thought in my head that if he could give me some sort of sign that wherever he is, whatever he's doing, he is okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to worry about him anymore after that and in that moment the lights in the funeral parlor went off and they popped right back on wow 
So I was wow. like, is that okay? <laughs> was my moment. And I ran outside because I thought, well, maybe there's a storm or something coming, or maybe there's heavy, high winds, you know, it's uh, messing with the power lines. And it was a very calm night. Wow. The January, it was cold, but it was calm. Yeah. Wow. Well, so we that have always sparked my interest. Of, yeah. We have we have that in common too, because my father died at the age of thirteen. So, oh, okay. Okay. I definitely wow. can can relate to that. Then, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what yeah. did you? So you so you kind of had this moment where you're like, wow, maybe there is something out there. So then, right. did that like kind of get you into like reading more, or what well, happened yeah, after that? Reading more. What you know, this was um, a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to give away my age. No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, you're 32, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, 32. <laughs> yeah, somehow I got younger than Jack there. <laughs> um, it was before you really had a lot out there on the paranormal. Yeah. So all these TV shows weren't out there. You get the occasional documentary. Uh, you, you go up into like the 1990s, you'd have a few like Unsolved Mysteries. Sure. You'd, uh, the old Tom, uh, Robert Stack unsolved mysteries that would cover you know the Resurrection Mary and some other you know ghost or interesting mm-hmm. stories and I think there was a show called That's Incredible and a few others. I remember those. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there were you know a few books that I I read, but that's all that was really out there back in those days. There was so so little in you know really getting any deeper involved in it back then. Kind of was almost impossible. Mm. Yeah. So that was before like Coast to Coast. You know, Coast to Coast might have been on, but maybe I didn't know about it. Sure. Later. Sure. And this is before like Richard, Richard Crow. Well, Richard Crow had his tours and I oh, tried okay. many times to go on a Richard Crow tour. And every time it said it was sold out. So Aww. I never went on a Richard Crow tour. Yeah. He was, he was really popular. He was. Did yeah. you ever eventually get to go on one? Or meet him at all? No, oh, no, I was supposed to do an investigation with him at the site where the Grimes sisters, you from the Grimes sisters, uh, Barbara and Patricia Grimes in 1956, I think it was, just before, just right after Christmas. Okay. They disappeared. They went to the Brighton Park Theater to see oh, Elvis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, their favorite uh, um, singer, musician, actor at the time in a movie, and they were never seen again. They didn't mm. get back on the bus to go home. Uh, about a month later, January 1957, their bodies were found frozen, nude, uh, in what would now be considered Burr Ridge. Mm. Right? It was like some unincorporated area uh, off a of German church road uh, in front of a house. Wow, that's pretty far away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A guy was uh, driving around. And he he saw what he thought were a couple of mannequins sure. in the water. And it, the story says he went home to get his wife first because he wasn't sure what he saw. Now, uh, in that situation, I'm not sure I'd go home and get my wife first. I think I'd call something. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what the story said. Um, and eventually, it turned out to be Barbara and Patricia Grimes, which is still an unsolved case to this day. Oh, wow. And we were supposed to do a paranormal investigation with Richard Crow one of the groups I used to belong to years ago at the, the body dump site before they put in a big subdivision that's there now. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And he had gotten sick. 
Mm. And uh, he, about two weeks before, he canceled it, and then he ended up dying. I think later that year. Oh, oh so wow. I so I so, guess it's excusable then. I mean, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, you, too bad you didn't get to meet him, though. I know. Yeah, I would have loved to. Yeah. yeah. So you were part of some paranormal groups by that point. It was yeah, okay. a couple. Uh, Snap it, uh, which is that you get you guys have been to the church in Cicero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was their headquarters. Oh! Oh wow! Before before hands on paranormal. Well, actually, a member of Snap It, Julius. Julius, yeah, you know, yeah. He branched off into hands on paranormal. Oh. Troubles with within Snap It again. Chicago paranormal scene stuff happens. (laughs) Drama, drama, drama. Always, always. People are passionate. Yeah, I was with All City Paranormal Research for a bit, too. Uh, a couple of others brought me on board, mostly to help them like, start up their groups and stuff, because I had experience. Uh, I don't know if you ever met Dave Olson from Chicago Paranormal Investigators. He was nope. at Jack's conference. Oh, oh yeah. then I, I then say, I have yeah. met him. Yeah, was yeah he, he had all the equipment. He had all the equipment. Yeah, he had the table just as you came in the door. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, you introduced me to him um, okay. at the I first Paracon. So, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did some stuff with his group, and still, you know, occasionally do. Again, Tony works with everybody. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of members of his group are going to be at the Genesee tonight. Oh wow! Wow. I, I've used your name actually to um, talk to some paranormal people because okay. they all they all know who you are. So whenever yeah. I meet them, I mention your name, and then you know I get much better responses then. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did you um, kind of? I guess I'll say, <laughs> how did you become the paranormal man that knows everything? <laughs> well, no, like, how did you uh, learn all this stuff that you <laughs> that you know and and use well, in your tours started, and all of that? Well, like I said, I investigated with groups for many many years. Uh, I didn't know where it was really going to go from there at that point. Mm. Beyond just investigating with groups, and it's like, I mean, it's fun. It's interesting. Went to a lot of locations. It was fun. We captured evidence, but it seemed like every, all of them were like the same thing. You know, we'd go there, we'd put up some recorders, put out some equipment, try to capture evidence. Maybe we'd get something. You'd play through hours and hours of recordings and things. And, you know, maybe you got a little voice that you didn't know where that came from or something weird that you couldn't explain in a picture. But I didn't know, like, where it was going to go from there. Was I going to take this to another level or just keep doing stuff like this? In, uh, I think, I want to say maybe it was 2010 or 2009. I went to a uh, a ghost conference in Decatur, Illinois. Oh, okay. Uh, so there was a Troy Taylor's Haunted America conference. Sure. Mm. Uh, just I decided I'd never been to a ghost conference before, and I thought, yeah, let's go check this out. I have some you know vacation time. It's in June. Uh, I'll drive down to Decatur, get a hotel, spend a couple of nights there at the conference. And when I was at the conference, uh, there was a booth set up there. By a lady, actually a guy who I don't know if you ever met Al from Willow Creek Farm. No, I don't think so, but I've but I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, I, I investigated his farm. He was there, and his his table was right next to a lady who had a big sign up that said "Historic Ghost Tours of Naperville." Ooh. Now I don't live all that far from Naperville. <laughs> uh, maybe you know, less than thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. 
without traffic. And I thought, geez, I've been to Naperville many times. I never really had ghost tours there. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went up and started talking to this lady and she was telling me that her company's been around for about four or five years and how she started it. And um, we got to talking and then um, Al, who I, like I said, investigated his place, invited me out to lunch with him. And then Diane was there at lunch and, you know, we talked further. And then we did a little investigation in the theater in Decatur that night. The three of us all did the investigation along with a few other people. Uh, Just before I left the conference, Diane gave me some of her business cards. She gave me some coupon cards for coming on one of her tours. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go check out one of your tours. And, um, Got back up to this area. And when I finally had some time to book a tour, I did. Uh, went out there and um, Diane was the one giving the tour. Uh, and we talked and we got, you know, we were, you know, we got to be friendly. And um, again, she invited me to come back on other tours. She, um, I, I talked to some people at the job I was working with back then about the tours and they thought it was interesting. So I actually gathered a group uh-huh. to go on a tour in October from work and this time it wasn't diane who gave the tour it was this other guy named mike who actually was her neighbor lived downstairs from her (laughs) and um mike kind of took a liking to me also because we talked a lot about you know ghosts and things uh diane reached out to me in the winter and said hey al from willow creek farm wants us to come out and do an investigation out there she knew i had been there before but she hadn't Uh uh-huh she said would you like to join us uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll come out. And when we were doing the investigation that night, she just said to me, I want to expand my tour company. I, I'd like to start doing tours in Aurora and Elgin. I've got contacts there. Would you be interested in coming on as a tour guide with me? And I was like, at first I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I never really <laughs> thought of anything. Like that. <laughs> you know, kind of the eyes bulged out for a minute. And I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give that a try. And, um, this was, I think we went for the whole investigation for like Diane's birthday, which I think was in March. And then she said, they're going to be starting the tours up in April. Would I like to, you know, tag along on some of the tours? And she started the Neighborville tours up in April. And, uh, when I had time, I tagged along with either her or this guy, Mike, uh, they had, just set up the Elgin tours. They okay. had another guy doing the Elgin tours. I initially was going to learn the Naperville tour. Mm-hmm. But the they had some problems with the guy doing the Elgin tour. He even like crashed a bus or something. Oh, <laughs> my God. I don't remember all <laughs> but... Then you said, you you sabotage the bus. <laughs> That's what it is. What happened. <laughs> and then, then Diane said to me, okay, this isn't working out with this guy in Elgin. Can I train you to be my Elgin tour guide? She said, this is going to be more like about ghost hunting. There's, there's like a forced uh, stop tour out there. Or we're going to do it on a bus. Uh, you're going to be at the Elgin Mental State Hospital mm-hmm. Cemetery behind the gates of where the old Elgin Mental State Hospital was. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Channing Elementary School, which was built over mm-hmm. the old Elgin City Cemetery, and this the cemetery called Bluff City Cemetery. Yeah, you guys have been there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know; I knew the other stops, but I didn't know Bluff City Cemetery at the time. I was like, oh, okay. And um, so I went out um, and trained on the tour a few times. Well, actually, okay, I, I didn't. I trained once. Huh. 
<laughs> and then you were ready. It's just trial by fire. Yeah, Let's like, do it. Like, okay, it's yours now. <laughs> Here's some more notes for you. <laughs> it's yours now. And so that's how I started with her. Wow. And it just kind of grew from there. Uh, yeah. Eventually, she started doing that as a four night a week tour Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. I do. Thursdays and you had a day job Fridays too at this time? Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Wow. Man. Thursdays and Fridays doing Bluff City Cemetery three-hour ghost hunts at night. Uh, Saturday, we did the four-hour four-stop tour that went to the different cemeteries. And, and then Sunday was, again, the three-hour Bluff City. And then um, Diane asked if I would learn Naperville again because she needed a backup guide for Naperville. So I learned that. And I, Naperville is what really made me a tour guide. Initially, I was like, you know, I like being out here in these cemeteries and Elgin and ghost hunting with everything. But because with Naperville, I really had to learn a lot more stories, a lot more, you know, historical facts. And sure. Things like that. And that I, I look back on it and it was like, that is what really made me a tour guide was learning that Naperville tour. Wow. And, and that's a walking tour, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, you had mentioned Aurora as well. Um, mm -hmm. Did you do yep. tours in Aurora? I have done. I was supposed to learn the outdoor walking tour in Aurora. I'm still supposed to learn that at some point. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. But the, the roundhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Several tours I gave in the roundhouse this winter. Diane, the lady who I worked for out there, sure. eventually closed her company at the end of the Halloween season in 2017. She... um she offered it to me. Wow. I, I was already trying to establish myself as a Chicago tour guide. And I yeah. Kind of thought, you know, I want, I want to conquer the big city. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I kind of stuck with that. But I talked to the owner of the company at the time, the company I was working for, uh, Ursula, um, about maybe absorbing this territory and bringing the tours into her company. Yeah. And yeah, we did. We did. We merged it. And then okay. now Diane actually works for the new owner of her company, Mike, giving the tours out there. And she started, she used to do the roundhouse ghost tours years ago. And I was on them, a few of them with her. Then she didn't do it for many years. Then it, she brought it back this past winter. And she wrote me one day and said, you know, we need a backup tour guide on that. It's going to run every Tuesday night would you be interested in learning to be my backup? And I went out and learned to be your backup. And wow, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I think I did again, one tour with her and then it was <laughs> like, Oh, I, I'm not gonna be able to make next week. <laughs> oh, that? So <laughs> then, yeah, that's how you do it then. Just one yeah, tour and then you're there. Did yeah. you ever go to the old um, Masonic lodge in Aurora? I know. Where's oh. that at? Well, it's now it's now closed. I can't remember the oh. street that it was on, but it was an old. It was a beautiful building. It was mul multiple stories, and okay. um, it it looked like a like a museum almost. <laughs> it looked like it would be haunted, basically. I mean, there was a lot of reports of it being haunted. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, the, the downtown the, is it near the downtown area? Yeah, it's okay, it's it right across the, the tracks, I think, or right okay, before it the tracks. Might be on the downtown walking tour then. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then um, I had, through various ghost hunting groups, I used to go to a, a, a Chicago ghost hunters group that met at the Red Lion Pub. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. One of my Square. favorites. Yeah. yeah. Favorites. Um, 
And Ursula was a member of that group who would come to some of the meetings. She would talk there. And I would always tell her, hey, you know, I'm a tour guide. If you need <laughs> any tour guides, you know, let me know. Uh, she knew Diane, who I was working for. They had met before and corresponded before. And Ursula was always, she was always really pleasant. So, okay, honey, you know, you know, <laughs> so many tours and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I could bring you in, but she never would really get back to me. And then I'd see her again and I'd remind her. Finally, <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> yeah. she needed some extra tour guides because they started doing Lincoln Park Zoo ghost tours. Oh, yeah. So that's when she asked me if I'd come on. And wow. I said, yeah, Let's I'll come on it. and help you with them. And uh, we were supposed to, Dave Olson, also from Chicago Paranormal Investigators, was a part of that, some members of his group. She was supposed to do one tour, Ursula. There are two tours per night. There were weeknights, just one night a week that we were doing them, but two tours per night. And she she did the first one. I would do the second one. And one night, well, she was supposed to stay with for the first night and she only stayed about halfway through the first night and then the next night that we did it she didn't even stay she told me honey you did a great job i'm leaving there you go <laughs> you are a trustworthy person <laughs> yeah and then she offered me again to come in to her company the next year but then by the time spring rolled around she forgot mm. um there's a lot going on, but you know, you, you, <laughs> you keep persisting. Yeah. yeah. To get Ursula on, on the show, we had to remind her several times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's, she's got a lot. She yeah. has it all. all yeah. the, she's a lot of knowledge in her, in her, in her yeah. mind. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then finally she brought, I, I you know, well, a, a friend of mine who's um, now my girlfriend uh, uh, noticed that she put up an ad about, looking for tour guides and alerted me to it. So I responded to it and uh, Ursula brought me into the company finally. All right. It was <laughs> in 2017. Actually for a little while I worked for both Ursula and Diane, which was difficult before we absorbed uh, Diane's company in. Gotcha. And now every, everything is all, all the same group. I was wondering about that because I noticed that you yeah. do the city tours and the suburban tours. So right. that makes yeah, sense now. American ghost walks right now. American okay. ghost walks. All right. That's mm -hmm. good. Now, is that when you quit your job then? You quit your day job? Oh, no. I still. My still God, Tony, man. <laughs> I only work part time. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I just work 11 to 4 Monday through Friday. Oh. Wow. I usually schedule for tours most nights of the week. Yeah. yeah so you want to get some sleep at least. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Now, what do you like most about giving tours? Oh, I just love the interaction with like the people on the tours. I sure. love presenting the information to them. Uh, so many of them, they're, you know, they're like, wow, I didn't know that, you know, things like that. Like, you know, they didn't know that Lincoln Park used to be Chicago City Cemetery. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, there's probably still thousands of bodies buried underneath that ground or, you know, other little, you know, tidbits of information like that. And, you know, when they bring out equipment and things, you know, their eyes light up when, you know, things light up, whether it's paranormal or not, who knows, but their eyes still light up when they see like a meter spike or something like that. And, um, I mean, I think that's pretty much, I, I just, I always, I'm very enthusiastic about the tours, obviously. And, uh, you know, people, I think, pick up on that enthusiasm. You are. And you're, you're, you're very engaging when you're on the tours as well. 
Um, Thank you. Like you stop and listen to what people have to say. And uh, I, you know, I would love to have that kind of patience, but that's why I'm not a paranormal investigator because I don't have that much patience to sit there and wait for hours for something to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the bad thing about the paranormal. Yeah. So as far as ghost stories, Mm -hmm. And you could take this to be Chicago or you can take this to be all over the world. Which are you the most skeptical about? You know, Pat had to ask that. Story. Yeah, exactly. Of course, you're being the skeptic he had to ask. That. I did, yeah. Let's see here. What am I most skeptical about? Um, hmm. That's a tough question. Because <laughs> I believe... You could go to any given place at any given time and nothing paranormal will happen. Yeah. I just recently went to Waverly Hills in Louisville. Oh, yeah. That's one of our bucket list places. Yeah. And I had absolutely nothing happen in that place that night. Um, So I could easily say, well, maybe they're making stuff up there. But, you know, I I don't want to accuse them of that because there's been a lot of people who have had experiences there. Maybe it was just a quiet night. Um, you know, now you're talking like story wise. Yeah. Here, what would be? I mean, does Devil Res- Baby, maybe Resurrection Mary exists. Like, um, mm-hmm. No, I believe I be- I think there's too many documented stories, and you know, Richard Crow did a lot of research for something not to be going on with Resurrection Mary. Sure, but Devil, Devil Baby, Baby, come on. Yeah, I could be. A, I could. Yeah, I could definitely be a little more skeptical about Devil Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I I do agree. And Jane Adams even said this, that the whole phenomenon that happened with the fact that people thought there was a devil baby there mm-hmm. happened. Yes. Yeah, that was real. Right. There was a news story that about it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You could look up the stories about it. And Jane Adams wrote about it. Whether the devil baby ever existed or not, probably did not. And I'm sure if it was a baby, maybe a severely deformed baby. It certainly wasn't the spawn of the devil. <laughs> with a how, cigar in its mouth and with a cigar in its shouting mouth. profanities. How do you get all yeah. this information, though? I mean, how do you do your research? Uh, I do. I, I mean, I have several books here. Okay. That I read several different authors. I find a lot of uh, online, you know, podcasts and sure. videos, um, just digging up, you know, news stories and things like that. Hmm. Okay. That's and, where most of it comes from. And then, you know, I mean, you kind of, I'm guessing, make, well, it depends. I'm sure at the beginning you were just memorizing kind of the information of the people you were observing. But yeah. do you now, are you at a point where you get to kind of make your own script, for lack of a better word, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. that you're almost, putting together your story? Tour I give is my own script. Right. That you did the research and put it all together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I got from the tour owners some guidelines. Sure. Like like you want to go here or go there, make sure you mention this or that, but yeah. Yeah. The rest is all, all mine. Cool. Mm. All right. So now we're going to go the other side of the coin. Mm -hmm. What is one ghost story that you are least skeptical about that you're like, yeah, that's totally true. Anything at the Congress hotel. Yeah. (laughs) Anything at the Congress hotel, but some of the stories at the Congress hotel. And you were just there recently too, right? Well, I'll, I'll be couple months. Today. Oh, That's okay. Tours meet, but, but yeah, uh, um, we, I, we did. Me and Jack did uh, for this uh, kid. 
uh, autistic kid, a really nice kid who comes to a lot of, he's been on a lot of my tours. He's been on a lot of me and Jack's ghost hunts. Uh, we did, um, his mom rented out a room because he's been bugging her to ghost hunt the hotel ever since he came on one of my tours. And we did like a little after hours ghost hunt there. Um, to do like a full thing, like throughout the night. So yeah, me and Jack hosted it and, uh, the Congress never disappoints. So it's something weird happening. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah, I know. And, uh, um, uh, you've told us some stories about things that happened. Yeah. Now we're going to do a Congress hotel episode at some point, and you are going okay. to be on that episode. And so then right. we can dive right. more into it, yeah. but, but that is definitely one of the spookiest places. Now I want to ask you a listener question. So we had our, mm-hmm. our ghostly AMA with our uh, VIP patrons. Um, they mm-hmm. uh, come on a, a zoom chat with us once a month. And uh, we asked yeah. what questions you have for Tony. And one of them was, what was the or what is the scariest tour you've ever given? So maybe there was a ghost hunt that was a part of it where something mm-hmm. happened or I don't know, whatever. And maybe that involves the Congress. I don't that's fine. Well, but just yeah, you know, what do you what would you some say? Of the ghost hunts we do in the Congress. Because we used to do for a while we were doing regular, like we do the regular three hour bus tour and then Ursula would add on a couple hours ghost hunt in the Congress Hotel afterwards. Also, in the winter months, she would rent out a suite. Oh, wow. Bring people, because the hotel wasn't as full back then. The street suites were cheaper. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd bring people and ghost hunt the hotel. And that's um, probably would be the creepiest nights I've ever had. Okay. Wow. Wow. Love it. Now, um, I know that like last time we had talked was at uh, Parapalooza, and yes. you were about to go on a historical tour of Wrigley Field, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Did you Did you happen to go on that tour? I my my daughter's boyfriend Michael, who's uh, he who's lives in New Jersey. Uh huh. They have a long distance relationship. She's here. Wow, that's difficult. Um, yeah, yeah. But he's a really nice guy, really good kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, big sports fan, big baseball fan. He's a Yankees fan, but uh, he had never been to Wrigley Field. He was here a few weeks ago. I wanted to take him to a game. Yeah. Unfortunately, the days that we could have gone to a game, they also went, they were at um, uh, what you, you were at, C2E2. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They went. They went a couple of days to that, and the Cubs were home that weekend. But mm. They were already they already had tickets for C two E two, and they weren't home a lot during that stretch. He was here, sure, a few days here and there. So I thought, well, they have tours of Wrigley Field. Maybe I can at least give them that for right now, and we'll do uh, a game later on. He helped me earlier this year put together three presentations that I did for a Masonic Lodge. PowerPoint presentations in Bloomingdale, Illinois, not too far from where I live, uh, on the World's Fair. Oh, wow. Like ghostly related stuff initially. It was just the history of the World's Fair. Yeah. There were, there were three separate talks over two nights. One was just the history of the World's Fair. The other one was prominent women of the World's Fair, which I did one hour talk. And then we took a break. And then I came back and did the dark history of the World's Fair with H.H. Holmes. And oh, that's cool. So I would have loved that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do a World's right. Fair thing. Let Pat know. He yeah, that's that that's stuff. one of my favorite <laughs> periods of oh, history yeah, yeah. for I mean, Chicago. I mean, the Devil in the White City tour, for sure. Today, I'm going to talk a ton about the World's Fair. Sure. Yeah. And, I, um, you know, H.H. H. Holmes, uh, you know, that was secondary to me to the to the architects in Devil in the White City. And oh, I'm exactly. like, 
And yeah, like Rebecca is just the opposite. For her, she was like mm-hmm. skipping the architect parts to get to the HH Holmes parts. I mean, I like oh, architecture. Yeah. I yeah. do. It just got a little, a little too in the weeds for me. Yeah, the devil in the white city. But, um, but I do, I did like that part. I just, okay. you know, prefer the true. Crime. But I was like, I was like, yeah. oh man, they keep talking about this killer guy. Come on already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell me more get about the, the good sand stuff. they used well, in well, the I, things. I can, I can, and- I could summarize more quickly on my tours the architecture stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so what did you learn about Wrigley, though? So did you go on the tour? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we took the tour. We went uh, all over. We went um, in, like, well, the, the box seats first, and then we went out to the bleachers, and then uh, we went up in the press box, and we wow. went down the field, <laughs> um, the outfield. Uh, by the the ivy and then we went in the cubs dugout went in the visitors clubhouse wow so i'm like he got to see a lot more of wrigley field than he would have if we just went to see a game sure absolutely now did you ask did you ask him if it was haunted Actually, um, my mom came on this too. She's a <laughs> Cubs fan, and uh-huh. my mom asked if it was haunted and a bunch of other questions. Uh, the guy said there are stories of it, but he hasn't experienced anything. Ah, he didn't want to go into he into the real stuff. <laughs> yeah, we 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 found that there was three supposed ghosts there. There was Charles Grimm. Mm-hmm. There was a Steve Steve Goodman and of oh, course okay. Harry Carey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. Charles Grimm supposedly that's the the bullpen phone he, rings oh, okay. in the middle of the night. Oh, okay, he was uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he was the manager of the Cubs in 1945. The last time with, he went to the World Series, yeah, with yeah. the goat, yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah. the goat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think Babe Ruth was playing in that one too. Uh, no, not 45. No. He would have been oh, that, going in the 20s and 30s. That yeah. was the 30s. But, but he, did, he did play in the 30s. Yeah. And he, interesting story. There's a, the called shot where he supposedly yeah. points to the outfield. That may have never happened if in 1930, I think it's 1932 or three, there's, there's a building called the Hotel Carlos. It's just down the street from Wrigley Field. It still mm-hmm. says Hotel Carlos on it. I believe it's condos now. But it used to be a hotel where the players would stay. Cubs shortstop named Billy Jurgis, a jealous, somewhat crazy ex-girlfriend, broke into it. Well, not broke into it. Kind of stormed into his room one day with a gun and shot him. Oh, wow. He wasn't killed. Oh, wow. He was injured, which put him on the injured list. The Cubs found a former Yankee who was playing in the minors to bring in to replace Billy Jurgis until he recovered from his injuries. This guy did so well that they brought in. It propelled the Cubs to go to the World Series that year where Babe Ruth did the called shot. Wow. So maybe it wouldn't have happened if this girl didn't break into the room and shoot the jealous ex uh, boyfriend wow interesting again this is where (laughs) this is why we bring in the tony he's got the stories it's how you remember all this it's crazy (laughs) and she becomes she tries to become a showgirl oh jesus oh wow (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay so the next part of this interview um Mm -hmm. we wanted to do a word association game with you okay so we're going to say a word you tell us the first thing that comes to your mind whether it's a um 
like one word or a paragraph, whatever it is. Phrase, a couple words, whatever. Whatever it is. So Rebecca will start. All right. I'm going to say Chicago. Amazing history. Mm, That is definitely true. Um, All right. Scary. Parts of the Congress Hotel. There it is. Travel. Something I plan to do with groups of people. <laughs> I, I like that one. Uh, ghost. Um, spirits of dead people. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Good. Uh, how about fear? Uh, fear, I think, is it is real, but it's also partially something you could create in your mind. Ooh. Uh, investigation. Uh the gathering of evidence. Mm. Nice. Uh, happiness. Um, where I am right now. Ah. <laughs> um, most haunted. Again, I'd probably say if at least you're talking Chicago, the Congress Hotel. How mm. about in the world? Uh, it's hard to say because I haven't been. That's all in the right. World, That's but all right. If I were to choose something, it would probably have to be something in Europe. Oh, there you go. London, just because there's so much longer history. Gotcha. Mm. We have here in the United States. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give you another word here: cryptids. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> what are your What are your thoughts on cryptids? Are you? Uh, uh, I I tend to believe that they're interdimensional creatures. Oh, okay. Ooh, that okay. come through some d- dimensional portals that uh, you know they we might not know where those are, but probably so, high energy areas. So you believe in like a Mothman? And- oh, I do. I believe there's definitely something out there. There's, yeah. again, like too many sightings of this stuff that, you know, not everybody's drunk or high or crazy that are mm-hmm. seeing these things. And um, I don't know. Have you watched the news lately? I I think maybe they are. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the news. All right. The la- exactly- oh, go ahead, go ahead. The last one is Tor. Tour? Yeah. Um, something I love doing. There you go. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> nice easy ones for you there. Yeah, extremely easy. <laughs> so we wanted to ask you some questions about ghost hunting, since that okay. is something, you know, the tours are a big part of, of it, but as we heard, mm-hmm. you know, ghost hunting is also really um, important for you. So oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how would you say, you know, people can get into ghost hunting? Well, I think... For one, you need to find, I mean, you can obviously do it on your own. You could just go out anywhere, buy some uh, little amounts of equipment, like a recorder, maybe uh, some sort of uh, EMF device, uh, something to take pictures, mm-hmm. very simple stuff like that. And, you know, go on your own to places. There's a lot of public ghost hunts you could go to. I like the one me and Jack are running tonight. Or, um, you know, just even just go up to the cemetery or whatever. You just uh, go to the cemetery by yourself at yeah, night with some equipment. <laughs> see what happens. Sure, yeah. Just the fence. <laughs> well, how can people be safe during a paranormal investigation? Well, I think you have to protect yourself. I mean, just it, you got to keep your thoughts good. Sure. Positive, positive energy, positive vibes, that white light around you, things like that. Um, I mean, there's also things, you know, you could do like, you know, burning some sage and stuff afterwards. Are you a believer in that? Um, I believe it works if you believe it works. Yeah, that's that's what I believe too. Yeah. Do you, do you have like a mantra or something that you say to yourself or do for yourself like that? Yeah, that, 
the ghosts have to stay here. <laughs> They're not allowed <laughs> to follow me home. Okay. No, like literally, yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so far they haven't, right? So far they haven't. No. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so what is um your favorite history story that you tell on your tours? Oh boy. Man, that's a tough one there. Um Pat likes to give you the toughies. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Um the fav- my favorite history story that I, I mean I was going to assume it was Eastland, but um, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I do like the gangster stuff. Oh, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the gangster stuff has always kind of fascinated me, interested me. Um, what about what about Captain Santa? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't get to do that one as much, but definitely we, when we go by where there's a plaque there. Um, where the the Christmas tree ship used to dock. Yeah. So I mean, I do. T- I used to do more of a Loop and River North tour where I would bring that up because we'd start by the Eastland disaster site, and the plaque is just right there, just down the street from where the Eastland plaque is. Sure, you were the first person to bring that story to my attention. Oh, really? That, yeah. That's why he's all fascinated with it. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. What, what? So I'm sorry. What were? What would you say is your favorite though um i love bring, bringing people to the couch tomb in lincoln park that is so awesome yeah it is like how often do you see a huge mausoleum in, in, in a big city's park i mean you see it you just don't know that that's what it is right yeah 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 just, i had it passed it many compute. times yeah, yeah and yeah. i never knew that until we took your tour and yeah. you took mm-hmm. us there and it was like oh <laughs> i had no <laughs> idea Right, because <laughs> it's kind of out in the middle of—I don't want to say nowhere—but it's a park, and there, it's not a—it's right. not a clear cemetery. You yeah. know, no. it's like no. if you see something like that in a cemetery, you understand what it is. I just thought it was yeah. like an outbuilding or something. I yeah, don't like know, like a shed or something. Most people, yeah, like a shed, like they store yeah. stuff. Like, I mean, it's a fancy one, but you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> no, I'd also have to say, like telling some of these serial killer stories like the H.H. Holmes. And I bring up a couple other Chicago area serial killers on this tour that I'm giving today. Mm. I kind of, I enjoy those too. Sure. Is there anything that, that people don't realize about H.H. Holmes? Well, he probably did not kill as many people in the building. Yeah. Than people say. Yeah. It's like, I believe that they've figured out that there's four definite that he's killed, and it's probably like nine that he's killed about total. Nine, yeah, yeah, about, well, yeah. The, there were bodies of four found. Yeah, the others were never found, and people are really shocked sometimes when I say <laughs> he was never convicted or even accused and put on trial of a murder here in Chicago. No, that never happened. No, uh, it's because of Indiana, right? Well, his business partner Ben Peitzel is the only murder. Yeah was charged mm. with and he actually killed him in philadelphia philadelphia that was his son they found the body of his son howard yeah yes shoved up inside a chimney there and then his two daughters were found buried in shallow graves in a, a, the basement of a rental property up in toronto yeah man he got around he got around he did yeah. he was all over the place especially for back in those days it's not like you could just hop in a cab and go to the airport you know right yeah yeah, yeah. Plus, he also had a, a, a glass bending factory, supposedly started a couple of glass bending businesses in the Wicker Park neighborhood. Yeah. Right. It was uh, it would be a, a stretch of Seeley Avenue now um, called Sobieski Street, I believe, back then. Uh, 
which was a very remote building. The 63rd and Wallace murder castle was in a, a, a busy high traffic area, even in 1893, mm. you know, 1890s. And this was very remote. And why a known serial killer would need a 150 foot blast furnace, which was in that building. <laughs> yeah. No one knows. It sounds like the sausage king to me. Yeah. Actually, surprisingly, it's not too far from where the yeah. sausage king building was. Yeah. Wow. Now, um, so, where the murder castle is currently, mm-hmm. it's a parking lot for a um, post office. Well, actually, no, it's it's a grassy knoll. Okay. Now, did you ever get to go in the basement of the post not office? The basement. I wish okay. I could have been in the post office itself, but not the basement. Yeah, because I know that they used to allow people to go in there. Mm-hmm. They but, did. Yeah, they were a little more open with it before. Yeah, not so much anymore. <laughs> now, probably too popular for that. Yeah, too popular. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I have a couple more okay. questions for you, though. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So when all the smoke settles mm-hmm. and everything is said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, that I was one of the best tour guides in Chicago. Well, I mean, we've already said it. So okay. you're on your way. Yeah, it's not already there for <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, we because I know we had a listener who came to visit Chicago and asked us, you know, we want to go on a tour. Like, what? Should, where should we go? And we absolutely directed them to your tour, yep. and they, they had a great time. Yeah, so, they did come. Yeah, absolutely. So then, the last thing is, how would people be able to find you and take one of your tours? Well, um, I'm under Facebook under my name, Tony Sabelski. Then American Ghost Walks Chicago Hauntings. Um, I've become like the main Chicago guy now that wow. other person is gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, so and sometimes yeah, hands on paranormal. Hands on paranormal. That's more for stuff at the church in Cicero. Gotcha. Yeah. And then Plus tell us. Cemetery. And then tell us what you're doing with Jack because I feel like this is a little bit of a newer thing. You mentioned you've mentioned it a few times <laughs> that you're going on a um, a paranormal investigation later today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're doing the Genesee Theater out in Waukegan. It's a public investigation. We, me and him have set up several public investigations throughout the years. So just um, kind of like one-off that. things. Is that yeah, something yeah. that you post yeah. about on Facebook, maybe or? Yeah. Well, Jack has the page Paranormal Chicago. Oh, so that's right. A, yeah. So if they you guys are on that. So yeah. he doesn't say. Well, we'll post some links to. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so so the Chicago Paranormal, and then um, mm-hmm. what was the, the American? American what, Ghost Walks. American Ghost Walks. There yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I want to thank you so much, Tony, for coming back on Ghostly. We really appreciate you. You're Thanks. you're definitely an inspiration to us. Can I do a quick shout out to a few people? Please. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I want to shout out to my my kids, Emily, Michael, her boyfriend, and uh, Amy and Ryan. I want to shout out to Becky and Danielle, and I want to shout out to um, Jack and Francesca. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just appreciate all the inspiration that you've given us. I mean, I know we had kind of started ghostly, but, you know, we decided to take this tour just to learn about some more ghost stories in the area. So we'd have more to talk about. Um, and we were not disappointed. Yeah. at all uh so it's been it's been so great and um it, i you know I, I hope people can tell from this when you start talking about history or talking about these stories like 
you've got the facts. So oh, <laughs> they thanks. should definitely come take uh, take one of your tours. And they will not be disappointed. Right off the top of his head, he's you know. Yeah, we he, didn't like send this ahead yeah, of time. Exactly. Oh, no, so. I had no idea what we we're talking about today before we got on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tony. Thank we you. always appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys too. Thanks. Thank you for listening. We hope you had as much fun listening as we did recording. Absolutely. And usually right now, we would tell you that our next Ghostly, what it's going to be, but it's going to change if we do this as a preview episode sometime in late September, maybe. Yeah. So we usually yeah. talk so about So we that. usually tell you that, but I'm not going to tell you that right now because it's going to change. And and if you're a Patreon person, you already know what the next episode is. Come on. Yeah, because you have access to our schedule. You do. Absolutely. Um, Depending on your tier. Yeah. <laughs> I, all of them do, I think. Do they? All yeah. right. Well, so yeah. So it, another reason to become uh, a Patreon member is you get to, you know, to view into the uh, into the future. Also, if you if you we mentioned it during the interview, but. Uh, you know, they got to give us some questions to ask Tony. Absolutely, our VIP yeah. patrons. That was really cool. I mean, we like to think of the VIP patrons as like producers of Ghostly. Absolutely. So I want to thank I want to thank everyone so much for listening to the preview of this, um, and thank all of our patrons for all of the continued support. I mean, it means a lot to us, and we are we are blessed to have each and every one of you. Yeah, this is really your support is what helps us to keep doing this. Yeah. It would be difficult without your support, so we we really couldn't do it without you. Yeah, I I I think it would be almost impossible now at yeah. this point. But, you know, I really appreciate all of you guys and uh I don't I'm not just saying that because you're supporting us. I'm saying that because I really truly do. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your Patreon. All of it helps. And uh, keep it ghostly. And stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> <laughs>